0: Welcome to the Wide Open Podcast. It is Sunday, the 4th of November. As always, the Wide Open Podcast is brought to you by Rad Custom Graphics. Rad Custom Graphics has the absolute sickest graphics. If you're looking to put graphics on your bike, you want to wrap your, wrap your trailer, you want to do any of those types of things, Rad Custom Graphics is the absolute place to go. I run them on my bike, I run them on Lisa's bike. They are the shit. So reach out to Ryan uh, and he can hook you up with whatever it is that you are looking for. I had planned, it's been a while since I've done uh, a podcast. it's been uh, you know a couple of weeks I've been trying to get back to doing it on a regular basis and I had uh, I had it all worked out. We had uh, we had a lot of the fast young guys from district 37. Now uh, we're gonna come and sit down with me while I was out at Gorman this weekend, and we were gonna you know have some conversations they've got some very interesting stories of growing up in district thirty seven and starting as uh, as youth riders making their way all the way to the pro ranks uh and we're gonna go ahead and have those uh have those conversations and interviews and bring them to you uh in the next couple of weeks but something happened over the weekend uh that kind of changed the direction that this podcast was gonna go. And I thought it was important uh, that we talk about something impactful that happened this weekend. When I started doing these podcasts, the thought behind the podcast was that I was gonna I wanted to have a, a, an avenue to try and share information that was happening in District 37, share stories of District 37 riders, and share with people that you know, uh, otherwise wouldn't get that information. Basically, I was looking to have a conversation with as many people as I possibly could at one time. I like to talk and and I, I'm always interested in having conversations with as many people as I possibly can and this seemed like a great outlet to do it. Uh, but I kind of feel like this podcast needs to go a different direction and you know, when I started doing it, like I said, it was to share information, and I think today it's probably more to to share a story, share something that's on my mind, and I think that this is this is probably going to be something that I that I need to do for me uh, so that I can get past what it is that happened this weekend, and I'm hoping that that by sharing this story, that it helps some others get past what happened this weekend that I know are. Are, are probably struggling with it. So, as I'm sure all district writers know by now, uh, Steve Kirk passed away at Prospectors. Now, there are a lot of lot of layers of stories uh, that kind of that kind of all play into this. How it is that I feel about it, what it is that happened. So, I'm I'm going to try and weave my way through this story in the hopes that that at the end of it uh it offers some comfort to anybody that's listening and i'm also trying to hope you know, i'm hoping that it offers some you know that it gives me some comfort as well because i'm i'm having trouble wrapping my head around the whole thing so it's very this is very personal to me uh it's very personal for me on a lot of different levels uh we all know that when we when we swing a leg over a motorcycle that there's the possibility that that that, that something very bad could happen um, we never like to to really recognize the the finality that could ap- that could happen when we're on a motorcycle but we all know in the back of our minds that that's that's a possibility but that that always it, it revolves around how dangerous it is you know racing a motorcycle and what i can tell you is that the dangers of riding, racing a motorcycle or riding a motorcycle had nothing to do with what it is that happened to steve over the weekend i was right behind him um i saw it happen i was there uh i was there till the end and what i can tell you is that it was that was, that was steve's day there's no comfort in that for me and there's no comfort in that for for those that knew Steve, those that were affected by Steve, those that loved Steve, we're all still here. And we're all still here dealing with our emotions and our grief over losing someone who who had a large impact on our life. But the only thing that we're guaranteed in life is death. And that sounds, it's a cliche, people say it all the time, but it is so true. And the way we the way we leave this earth and go to whatever it is that's after this, it, it varies from person to person. Some people are taken very quick. Uh, some people, you know, it's a it's a lingering it's a lingering thing before they eventually pass. And sometimes, and we've seen it many times with people that we know, probably you know, family members or or you know. Uh, acquaintances, clo- you know, close friends, whatever the case may be, that you you don't always get to go out on your terms, and so there were some interesting stories that were shared with me over the over the course of the weekend. So Steve has been battling for the number one plate all year long. He's been battling with jo- with Joey Gardner from the Viewfinders all, all year long. And for those of you that are listening that race on a regular basis, and if you chase points, you know, like, like I do, and like the two of them are, you you develop this relationship uh, throughout the course of a racing year. It's a it's a it's a friendship that is developed out of rivalry. It's an interesting thing. I don't know, I've never experienced in any any other place than racing. And so, the two of them have developed this friendship this relationship it's a, it's a very similar relationship to the relationship that I've developed with Steve over years of racing with him now they i was told you know Joey told me you know later on saturday night that they sat around on friday night and they were discussing how many points uh you know how many points away from each other they were and they had calculated you know what positions you know if you know joey had to finish in this position uh you know at this race and that race in order to to, to seal the deal on the number 1 plate and steve knew that he had to he had to you know finish in these positions better than joey in order to you know to take the number 1 you know, take the number one plate. They were that close in points that the last two races were going to make a huge difference. So there was a lot at stake at this race. I mean, there was a lot on the line. Joey's been racing hurt for most of the year. I think at the beginning of the year, Steve, you know, Steve had told me that uh, he wasn't racing a whole bunch, so he wasn't coming out to him. You know, he had, you know, he had, you know, ra- He's raced hard every single year, and he and him and Tammy had had a conversation, and they kind of agreed that he wasn't going to, you know, race as heavily as he had been in years past. We're talking about a multiple number one plate holder in you know, not just you know, from you know, his in the senior senior days and then you know, you know, lightweight, heavyweight bikes. I mean, you know, whatever it was that he got on, he would you know, he was he was out there, you know, getting a number one plate. And so I think you know he started coming back and racing I've heard this I've heard this story a million times from checker guys that I've been chasing yeah you know what? I'm not gonna race that hard this year and then they're racing hard that year you know they're gonna make you earn it which is awesome that's what this is all about so we all went to the line and this is you know it's it's the real deal I mean these guys are out there you know whatever their positions are for that day it matters Okay, for me, I've been dicking around all year long, and I have you know, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to ride. You know, hey, I started the year on a lightweight bike, then I decided to go heavyweight, and I'm racing. I'm not racing, so I've got no skin in the game. But it's a race, so you're out there racing. I'm not trying to affect anybody's points, but I'm certainly not just going to hand it to one guy or another guy. I'm going to go out there and race, and which is what happened that day. Uh, so we get out there and 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 we're getting after it. Everybody's getting after it. Joey's a little ways ahead of me and I haven't and I haven't seen Steve And we're riding and, I, and it occurs to me as I'm coming approaching the shoot I see the white flag and I'm thinking in my head I must be having a good ride because Steve hasn't caught me yet so I'm gonna get back to the story of that day in a second okay but that thought right there that that's the effect that Steve had on me personally I'm sure that there are a lot of other riders that that they can relate to what I'm about to say. As a desert racer, you you race around the same guys week in and week out. Now, when I started racing desert however many years ago, I started as, a, as an amateur and I was aware of Steve, but I never was fast enough to ride with Steve. And as time progressed, I got a little faster, I got a little faster, and then I started riding in that group. Albeit at the tail end of that group, I was riding in that group in the group that's you know kind of up front you know with you know in the class that I ride in. So I would gauge my success or failures in my races based on where I finished in relationship to where Steve was. Did Steve finish ahead of me? You know, or you know, first it started with Steve always finishing ahead of me, and was I able to finish before Steve had a chance to get his helmet off? Um, and then it was was i able to finish with steven where i could see steve where steve was inside of me and then it was hey i'm actually racing with steve that's the impact that he had on me he he was he was the standard he was the goal he was you know if you're racing in that class when you know when if you're racing in in the senior class you know if you could if you could finish you know relatively around where steve was we get to the mag class you know if i could finish somewhere around steve if i could spend half of my race where i was racing and i could see steve then i'm having a great race that's the effect that 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 the man had on me and then and then you when you race every single race okay, i race every single race steve races every single race he's a guy you see at every single race and and from that rivalry develops a friendship I can tell you that, you know, I've we've never gone out to dinner together, you know, but we've at the but he's the guy I see at the races. I have a relationship with him, and with Tammy, there's a stronger relationship than I have with other people that I know. He's probably one of the few friends that I have that was outside of of my SoCal family. Because I see him every single week. We're invested in each other. I. I I would like to think that he was wondering where I was when we were racing. He probably wasn't. But if he saw me, he probably, you know, if if I was anywhere near where he was when we were racing, he was probably thinking, I'm not having a good race today. Just like if I saw him, I was thinking, I'm having a really good race today. But I know that we kind of looked for each other on the line because he would always you know, look for the guys, you know, that were in your class that you knew that you were going to actually race against. And we had, you know, we would see each other at the line, you know, was, we would always tell each other, you know, Hey, you know, good luck, be safe. I, you know, we, I would see, you know, Tammy was always there, you know, at the, at the line when we were in the desert and you develop this friendship. It's a, it's it's something that I've never experienced anyplace else, and I am sure everybody that's listening who who races on a regular basis, you have this same type of friendship with people that, you know, when you you know Monday through Friday you're doing whatever whatever it is you do, you're going to work, you've got the, your relationships with the people that you work with, you come home, you've got your family relationships, you you know you you come home to your wife, your kids. But on the weekend, you've got that relationship, you have those relationships with those people and the, and those bonds with the people that you race against, in my opinion, or for me, I'm just speaking for myself, are, are just as strong, if not stronger than any other bond or any other relationship that I have in my life. And I think that's probably because they get what this thing is, what racing is, what this racing family is, what this racing community is. So... It's very, I mean, you're very close to these people. I mean, extremely close to these people. I know that when I get on my bike and I take off and if something bad happens, my racing family is there to take care of me. They, they will take care of me, they will take care of my family. Which brings me back to that day. So, I'm having this thought as I'm approaching the shoot. That, uh, you know, I'm having a good ride because Steve hasn't caught me yet. And as I'm approaching the shoot, I get passed aggressively. Not not rough, just aggressively. You know that pass that you try and give to people to break their spirit? That kind of pass. Not that you're bumping into them. Not that you're being a dick when you're passing somebody. You're passing somebody to let them know, hey, man, I've got it today. And just, I'm, I'm on the move. That type of pass. And the guy that gives me that pass is Steve. He passes me as we're going into the shoot. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's it's on. It's fucking on. It's on right now. We're, we're going to go for it. And I don't want to get in the middle of his points battle, but we've raced against each other. And, and specifically at this particular race for the past couple of years, we've raced against each other. We're right on top of each other, going back and forth and back and forth. Some of the most fun I've had racing against somebody has been with Steve. At Gorman, at that particular track, so I know that you know we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun. Well, we get through the shoot, and and he absolutely fucking checks out on me. He's you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to dig deep and really make something happen. And I'm thinking in my head, I know Joey's not too far ahead of me, and I'm and I'm realizing that the reason that Steve is checking out is because I'm in the way. Okay, for Desert Points, I'm in the way. The difference that you know they probably had calculated. If Joey gets first and Steve gets second, or vice versa, that's how they had the points figured out. They didn't have the points figured out that if Joey gets first and then some jackass is in between them and and Steve gets third, how that would work out. They figured first and second. So I'm in the way. I'm 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 fucking with their points, and it's you know not something that I had ever intended to do. But we've got a race, and he goes by me and he gives me the woohoo as he's going, and we get through the shoot and it's on, and I'm chasing him around and chasing him around, and we get a few turns in. And I come over, I kind of lose sight of him for a second as we're coming, out, coming over this rise. And when I come over the rise, you know, Steve is, you know, Steve is down. And uh, so there's a prospector uh, with it. Prospector is picking up his bike and moving his bike. And the, another prospector is running over there. So I ride over there and I, and I you know, I throw my bike down and I, because I think that he's fallen. And uh, so he's, he's unconscious and I'm trying to talk to him and Perkins is not too far behind me so Perkins you know he you know he dumps his bike and so the two of us were trying to know, horn horn at Steve you know I I'm trying to figure out how it is that he fell he must have hit his head he's gotta you know he must be unconscious you know that he's knocked himself out and you know I'm you know trying to talk to him Scott and I are both trying to talk to him trying to you know get him to you know to come back to us and I asked you know the prospector that was there what had happened and you know, so he told me he was just riding and he just fell over. So all of a sudden, you know, that it, it becomes a little more serious than uh than a rider than a rider who's, you know, for one reason or another has, you know, got off his you know, got off and hit his head and knocked himself out. That he's Steve's having a a serious medical incident. So you know, so Scott and I were there and, and we, you know, we were able to get medical there in a hurry and they and medical did what what everything that they possibly could do but that day was steve's day so so what i got to see and what everybody else got to see was the incredible compassion of our district 37 family and and what was on display that day was the the absolute best of club life. Steve was a checker. Steve was a generational checker. Steve was a legendary checker. And that club, that club, that club is one of the legendary clubs of District 37. And they look out for their own. I've never seen I've seen that in my club. I've been the recipient of that kind of love in my club, and to witness it in another club it 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 brought tears to my eyes i i I cried more over the weekend in front of more people than I ever have in my life, and I'm not ashamed to say it because it this this touched me deeply, but the Checker family rallied around the Kirk family to make sure that ever to make sure that Steve wasn't alone to make sure that Tammy and Caitlin were taken care of we got when Steve left that race left a race left a race for the last time the entire district family lined the road while they were while Steve was leaving the race it's something that I've never seen it's only something that you will see in this in this family that we have this family that we've all developed and I I'm probably touching on stuff that's very sensitive and to to a lot of people. It's I've had I've had a lot of time to think about it. I've had a lot of time to think about it. It's and it's and I think I had to do this podcast and I'm not even sure if I'm going to publish it. But I had to what I had inside of me, I had to get out and share probably selfishly for me. Because I had to get it out, I have to say it to somebody. But I, but I, I mean, I've walked around. I walked around all, all afternoon on Saturday, all evening, and talked to a lot of people. And I tried to just, you know, drink the memory of of losing my friend away, and it didn't work because it was still there on Sunday morning when I woke up. And we did a, we did a ride for Steve in the morning, a memorial lap, and rode to. To where where Steve stopped riding, and once again, I was reminded of the of the love the district in District Thirty Seven, the love of all the clubs. I mean, and and GPS pull a lot of non club members, and everybody was aware of Steve. I mean, he's a, he was a larger than life figure. He is a larger than life figure, and the outpouring of love and respect for Steve, it really, it, it makes you stop. It just makes you stop and look at the impact that, that we have on each other. And the impact that Steve had on not just the desert community, but the racing community in general. I mean, I, I will forever be touched because of the relationship that I had with Steve. And the relationship that I had with Steve, what was, yeah? I mean, only every weekend. The relationship that he that he has with his checker family i mean that they i mean their family their family like SoCal's family and and that's why it's so sensitive to me because i know I know how my socal family is i mean we bleed for each other and that and i and I thought it was just socal, but I got to see it in the in checkers i mean, they 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 i mean they're as tight. As we are in our club, and I and it make it believe it, it it leads me to believe that every club is like that. I would hope that every club is like that. I would hope that everybody that joins a club finds that in their club that they have that unconditional love from from random strangers that you bond with over over a hobby, this hobby of racing that we do, and you, that bond is so strong that you become family that you that you would give the shirt off your back for somebody. Steve would give you the shirt off his back. Steve was that guy. I heard stories from people in the checkers who were, you know, who were talking about Steve and things that Steve had done for them and the way he had helped them and mentored them. He was a phenomenal man. We are all better for having had the opportunity to know him. So I don't know how any of this makes it doesn't make sense to me, but I don't think it's supposed to make sense it's life life is life's a funny motherfucker I'll tell you it uh it gives and then it takes and we we're left we're left trying to understand why and I can tell you this uh, you know a few years back I had a really really bad accident. And I don't think I was supposed to, I don't think I was supposed to survive that accident. I honestly don't. I had that moment where I've heard people discuss it, uh, you know, this, uh, this near-death experience where you're, you're just at peace. I mean, I was banged up pretty bad uh, and in a lot of pain. But for, for a moment, I had this absolute peace. I mean, I was fine to go at that moment. But I didn't, I'm still here. And I feel like I'm still here because it was something I was supposed to do and I'm not quite sure what that is yet. And maybe it is with Steve that he had done what it is that he was here to do. And it's time for him to go do what it is that he needs to do someplace else. I have to rationalize it like that in my head because Steve was one of the good ones and there's a lot of bad ones that are still here. And for some reason, it was Steve's time. So is it random? Or is there something beyond this life that we know now that required that Steve was there to be Steve in that place, to help somebody in another place? So I guess where I was kind of going with that whole thing is that everybody's guaranteed a death as we had talked about before. And how that happens is as random as you know leaves on a tree. So the best that you can hope for in this life is that you, when you go, you go doing something that you love. And I know for a fact that Steve passed me and he had a huge smile on his face and he was hunting Joey. He he knew that he was going to catch Joey and he was chasing that number one plate, doing the thing that he loved. So he was, and that was, and that's it. And that's his moment. And that's all we could ever hope for. And I was, I was sharing a story. I know it's super difficult for. I I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine how how Tammy and Caitlin are holding up. And again, I don't know if I should if if I'm even going to publish this podcast. But what I can tell you is that I that Tammy Kirk has got to be the strongest woman that I've ever met. Because while we're all dealing with the grief of losing Steve, she's trying to make sure that we're all okay. That's the woman that she is. And and it's super rough for Caitlin, and I, I got to speak to Caitlin for a minute. And I don't know if I have any words that that are of any comfort. But I'll share with you what I shared with her you know we all know that our parents are going to pass it's not something that we ever want to think about but we all know that it's going to happen i mean it's something that that eventually we're going to have to deal with and we all hope that it's when our parents have, have lived what we as our as their children would consider to be a long and productive life and they've had a chance to do everything that they wanted to do and that you know they've you know they've experienced all the joy that life has to offer and they've they've just completely used all their life up and that's and that's when they pass we don't want to deal with it we don't want to have to accept it but we know it's coming but you know i think in our minds that's how we that's how we justified it you know they've lived a long you know a long full life well who's to say when a when a long full life is i mean i i, I mean if steve lived his life like he like he raced he squeezed every ounce of life out of every single day okay so i know when i lost my mom I got I watched for five years while cancer ate her up and my, my memories of my mom are that are my memories of watching her fight for another day, fight for another day, fight for another day. her the last years of her life became the fight for another day until she eventually lost that fight. okay for for Steve and his family, okay, they didn't have to watch that. They did what they do at every race. They hugged and kissed as he went to the line. They wished good luck. They got to watch him doing what it is that that he loved to do, and then that was that. Now I don't know if that's any comfort, but I mean that's the mem- that's you're always rooted in this, uh, you know, in this final memory, and uh, you know whatever that final memory may be, and so they were fortunate enough in in. in in a tragic situation, but a tragically inevitable situation because we all, it's going to happen for every one of us. Uh, I, in that tragically inevitable situation, it, it was the, the best possible way that it could happen with the best possible support system that you could ask for, a huge network of, of family surrounding you with love, and your absolute time of need again, all of this is the way that I have to wrap my head around it, and I think I just kind of felt like I needed to get it out. It's all bouncing around in my head in a big jumble, and I and the only way that I can exercise the demons in my mind of what it is that. What it is that I saw and and how it is that I feel is to get whatever's in my head out and share it and hopefully hearing hearing these things helps somebody else out there who might be struggling with this uh, kind of maybe together we can it, it helps us wrap our heads around this and and accept the fact that 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 life is fleeting and that eventually we're gonna eventually we're gonna we're gonna lose our loved ones and we don't know when and there's no rhyme or reason to it it's not fair uh... so what I can tell you is that I hug my wife a little tighter I bother my kids with telling them that I love them more than they want to hear, if that's possible. I cherish the friendships that I have and I make sure that they know that. I try and live the best possible life that I can because I don't know how much of it I have left. None of us do. And I guess that's the way that I have to, I have to live my life. That's probably the way we should all live our lives. Live each life, li- live our lives like each day could be the last. Don't take anybody for granted. Don't don't be angry about things that are of no consequence. Cherish your friendships. Cherish your family. So I think I've done enough preaching. I just want to let everybody know that's listening, whether you're a district member or not, or whoever happens to stumble across this podcast, uh, then I'm thankful for all of your friendship, and I'm a phone call away if anybody ever needs anything from me. Uh, I love you all in District. I love you all in SoCal. Checkers, my heart is breaking for you. And what I can tell you is that uh, I will keep living my life like it could be the like each day could be the last day, and getting the most out of every day and I hope you all do the same thing. So, I know it's on a somber note. I hope that my words have uh, I hope my words have helped you. And as always, we'll see you at the races.